In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Gospel tells us today that the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had acted wisely. For the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. These Sundays after Pentecost refer very often to the doctrine of grace. And it is clearly taught to us during this time of year in the Holy Liturgy that grace is not simply a cover for our sins. Which is why Catholics do not go around saying that they are saved, even though we remain wretched sinners. No, it is quite the opposite. We are not saved already. We do not know if we are saved. For God has made us free. And we are free up until the last moment of life to resist His grace. On the other hand, if we accept His grace, we as Catholics believe that we are not left as wretched sinners. We are transformed, made partakers of the divine nature, and welcomed into God's family. And therefore, it is not enough merely to have faith or trust in God. We must practice all the virtues which have been infused into us from the moment of baptism. The worldly Lord in today's Gospel praises his steward for shrewdly taking care of his own future, even though he did so at his master's expense. This is one of the most striking parables in the Gospel, one of the most difficult to understand at first glance. The fathers expound it masterfully, insisting that our Divine Master, who is of course implied here, cannot be cheated by us. How can our Divine Lord be cheated by us when He has already given us everything, pouring out every last ounce of His blood for our salvation. St. Augustine says He has even placed Himself in our debt. Yes, He dares to say God has made Himself a debtor, not by receiving anything from us, but promising so much to us. He has solemnly promised us an eternal reward. And all that he asks is that we cooperate with the grace we have received. Today we are invited to practice in a truly Christian way the virtue of prudence. Even the pagans understood this to be the chariot of all the virtues. Today, it is largely the forgotten virtue. The pagans knew all of the moral virtues. The four cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude were well understood by them. This our Lord has in mind today, for he seems to tell us if the pagans can practice these virtues, 
how much more should you, with the light of the gospel, be able to practice them? Because for the children of grace, the children of light, the four cardinal virtues are not just acquired as habits. They are infused at the moment of our baptism so that we are gently moved, though not forced, by the Holy Ghost to practice them as soon as we reach the age of reason. And nowhere is this more true than in the case of the virtue considered today, this virtue of prudence. The pagans gave us the definition which we would use because Aristotle would be handed down through St. Thomas Aquinas to us in referring it to prudence as rectoratio agibilium, right reason applied to action. This is in fact what we should do when we talk about following our conscience. We hear much about the importance of obeying one's conscience. St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that following your conscience is not the basis of the moral life. Conscience is nothing more than one tiny little muscle in the great organism that is the virtue of prudence. We must practice the virtue of prudence on a daily basis in order to have a well-formed conscience. The conscience is not what tells us to do, what tells us what to do at every moment of our existence. Conscience is the part of our soul that tells us what to do here and now when we do not have time to reason. It is not a replacement for reasoning, for thinking about, for studying the moral law, carefully discerning what our actions should be. It is there in a well-trained soul, a soul that is nourished by grace and the sacraments and is therefore a healthy conscience and able to do its job when it needs to. Only by nourishing the virtue of prudence can we have a good conscience. And what our Lord wishes to stress above all today is explained admirably by St. Francis de Sales. St. Francis de Sales ties this passage to several others in the Gospel which speak about the importance of settling our accounts before the day of reckoning. It is in fact similar to what our Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount when he tells us to make peace with our adversaries while we are still on the way toward judgment. Because otherwise we will arrive unprepared and we shall be thrown into prison. To which our Lord adds, I say to you, you shall not come out from thence until you repay the last farthing. St. Francis de Sales reminds us that these passages apply not only to those we encounter right now in the world, but also those to whom we are bound by charity in the next world. The souls in purgatory are great friends, which we make already in this world. For when we are called to appear before our judge, it is they who will plead for us, 
before the Divine Majesty that we may be received into the everlasting dwelling prepared for us. This is what it means to act shrewdly as one of the children of light here in this world, to take the time now to settle our spiritual accounts, to practice mercy toward all those around us and toward those to whom it has been given us power to show mercy. For God has placed at the Church's disposal the power even to empty purgatory. If all of us would avail ourselves of the indulgences which we may obtain for those whose appearance in the beatific vision is as yet delayed. It is by practicing this truly supernatural virtue of prudence, by showing mercy toward all those whom we may here in this world, for by so doing we are certainly not cheating our Divine Master. On the contrary, the children of life are obeying His commandments in doing so. And if we do so, how much wiser shall we be than the children of this world? For after the end of all our spiritual dealings, in which we practice mercy toward all, it is we who shall be invited into everlasting dwellings to reign there with our Divine Master forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.